0: I'd like to welcome everybody back to the family business podcast family business we are a family of athletes that's how we came up with the family business we make a business out of athletics first of all
1: One, two, three, I know beats like ABC. Mine come up, they hate to see. I may believe till they believe I came up to major leagues, say you blind, but wait and see. That's so easy, one, two, three, your A B C from A to Z Back to raps, so I won't miss. Uh, heard the beat and I kissed. Uh, sing a lot, but I switched, yeah. Bitch, you rappers so pissed. Uh, now I'm high up with the stars, yeah. I'm on the path of the Mars, yeah, Told me I wouldn't get far, yeah. How you up with these bars, yeah? I just kid it so authentic. Uh, why did I live that I said it, yeah? Flow is so sick, need a medic. Uh, Lies so corny, let's dead it, yeah. I just prove what I do, yeah. Name was song, but no cruise, yeah. Beat is on and I cruise, yeah. Vibes lit in my cruise, yeah one two three I know beats like ABC I come up they hate to see I may believe till they believe I came up to major leagues. say you blind but wait and see that's so easy one two three your ABC from A to Z uh,
0: uh. first of all I'd like to say our host is not here again Alex Jean Glover as she is in preseason training grad school and on the Nil grind she will be back to give us an update about what she's doing uh, in a couple of weeks. But tonight we have our guest, our resident guest, my son, and athlete extraordinaire, uh, high school and college, offensive line, defensive line, linebacker, uh, Fullerton University and Ottawa great, Andrew P.J. Glover. P.J., welcome back to the show.
2: Thank you for having me on the show, Pops. I appreciate you. How you doing? How's it going?
0: Yeah, everything going so far so good. Um, You know, first of all, I was thinking about uh, you coming on the show again, and I can remember uh, supporting you in high school. And as they have the coaching carousel going on around the NFL, and I was thinking about how coaches and their players have that special relationship. So I wanted to ask you do you feel like <laughs> since I played professionally and when you were playing and I was supporting you in high school and college do you feel like I was a coach as well a off the field
2: couch potato retired coach Uh yeah for for the most part you were you were a coach off the field most definitely um we was coming back to the tunnel at halftime you was always telling me something little keys. I could always hear you on the field. That was never an issue. Everybody could hear you. So if you was telling me something, it wasn't a big secret. Everybody heard. But, you know, hey, you were telling me key things that I needed to hear, and they couldn't stop it. So uh, that was pretty well. um, Not just in the games, though, in practice, too. Like you used to wait for not just me, but Chris, too, after practice and make sure we got an extra work in, just stay there with us, talk to us, walk us through, showing us how to be a professional, how to train ourselves accordingly. Um, Not just that, though, uh, the rehab process, too. After practice, making sure we had ice on our knees and stuff like that, and I just really feel like um, that paid dividends, you know, to the person I am today, and the athlete I am today. I never really had any major injuries. I never had to have a surgery, anything like that. So I just, uh, I really feel like it helped my knees out. I can still walk. I'm still good.
0: Yeah, that's definitely a good thing. I mean, that's uh, after the you know you participate in all those games in your career is still a blessing to have, you know, all your facilities whenever you, you know, leave the game. Mm-hmm. You're able to walk around pain-free, able to do most things and all of that. So I was thinking earlier about uh, the time you were in high school and you had both an interception at the uh, linebacker position <laughs> and you had an interception at the defensive line position. So tell us a little bit about Highfeld in the game, real-time, to be an impact player, and to make a big play like that for your team?
2: Yeah, the um the interception I had uh, at the linebacker position was at McMillian High School. We was playing Waller. It was my sophomore year. We was actually down by, uh, I think we were down by five. We were down by five. And uh, we had probably had like 30, 30 or 40 seconds left. And I just remember hearing in the crowd, if you don't make a play, you don't eat. And I mean, hey, I'm not saying that's the reason I made the play, but it just so happened to work out like that. So quarterback kind of threw it my way. I picked it off and I ran it back for six and we won the game. I was actually fortunate enough, too. I was the kicker at the time, too. So, you know, after I scored, I came onto the field and kicked off the uh, the kickoff as well. Um, my interception at, uh, it was, yeah, D-tackle. That was uh, my senior night. We played Rose Hill Christian when I was attending the Willis Christian Academy. Uh, yeah, that was pretty special. That was nice just to have all my family and everybody there. Grandpa Harris was there and stuff like that. So, that was just a, a good, a good moment, good experience. We also won that game too. wasn't a lot of losing going on, you know what I'm saying? We don't lose in this family.
0: Yeah, that's that's a big part of what we do. Uh, our preparation process is such that we put ourselves through the rigors and and we put ourselves in a leadership position by leading by example and going out, working hard, being prepared, and making plays. So, so we've talked about your high school experiences. And I want to do a recap on your experience at Juco Fullerton college, uh, one of the most successful football programs in America uh, during, especially during your time. You guys were two time national champions. Uh, Tell the audience a little bit about uh, your time at Fullerton and the relationships that, that, you know, you had with your teammates and your coaches that will last for a long, long time.
2: Yeah. Um, when I was really looking for schools to go to after Southern University, I left Southern University because they really converted me to um, offensive line and I really felt in my heart that I wanted to play defense that's just what i what I've always played. I played offensive line in high school and was very successful at it, but I just felt like I would be a lot better suited for defense considering my height and weight aspects and trying to transition into the next level and what I wanted to do after college you know any possibility of that but um Philipson was really one of the only schools to recruit me so there was there was also that I really didn't have a just a whole lot of Jew coaches jumping to get me but um, I just really felt like that was one of the best schools uh, my coach coach Austin who recruited me he was a really good coach um, it was just a really good time my teammates were really nice the coaches were really good we practiced really hard they they trained you like a division one school I went to the division one school I strength the conditioning program I feel like was better at um, Fullerton than it was at Southern university. So it's just, they train you to be great. They have a great reha- rehabilitation program. I did hurt my, um, my foot, my second year, my junior, or my junior year in college. And uh, that really set me back. I only played four games that year, but through the grace of God, I was still able to move on from JUCO and go to Ottawa university and continue
0: my career. Let's talk about the winning and the attitude around the locker room, around, uh, around the college, uh, the whole aspect of it, I mean, that is almost, uh, you know, unheard of winning the amount of games that you guys won in that period of time for a junior college. And having transfers coming in and out, uh, you know, trying to maintain some kind of consistency, getting to know people. People are always coming. People are always going. The coaching had to be on point. And the recruiting had to be on point as well. So, uh, discuss with me a little bit about the winning aspect of it. How does it? How did it feel? You know, in and around the locker room, on the practice field, and on game day, knowing you were just going to go out and whoop somebody and beat the smack out of them.
2: It was really a testament to the coaching staff. Like the coaching staff did a great job all week. We were really well prepared. Um, even leading up to the games, I remember at Southern University, this is something we didn't do that I thought we did better. At Fullerton College, uh, the Thursday before the game, we would have an extensive test, and it was a three-page test, and you just had to know every position of every coverage. Uh, I'm, I'm a D lineman, and I had to know the DB's position, and if you did not score a specific score on that test, the coaches would not let you play. So it was really a testament to if you were preparing and if you were really trying to be the best that you could be and trying to help the team win, they were going to put you out there. And then when you do that, the winning takes care of itself. In um, the time I was there, I was there two years. I played two seasons, full seasons there. Well, the season and a half, but uh, we never lost the game. We were, that first year we were 13-0, and 0, and that second year we were 12-0. and 0. So it was just a very good environment to be around. When you're winning, it's just everybody's always happy. The community's always happy. There's always money getting put back into the program, so we always had the nicer things. I just really feel like uh, the time I was there, we built that program up. Even the year before I came, they had also won the national championship. So they were three times – in three years, they had only lost one game because the year before, they had only lost that wow.
0: one game. Wow. And so when you, uh, you know, left there, you know, celebrated and, and won all those games, I'm sure that, that it instilled, you know, a lot into you. What do you think that you learned – and how did that help shape you in, into the football player that you came to be at Ottawa University? Leaving uh, a school with two national championships and you being a big part of that, and how did it help you uh, going to Ottawa University where you spent the next two years?
2: I feel like it just really helped me adjust meeting all those different people from different walks of life because Fullerton was very diverse. Of course, they had their um, their Southern California recruits and things like that, but. Uh, I had roommates from D.C. I had roommates from Philadelphia. I had roommates from Florida. So just meeting all those different people and hearing different stories and having the different experiences, I really feel like helped me progress. And when I met new people when I came to Ottawa, it was just a lot easier for me. And the connections, too, man. Like being out there in California, you just get those great connections.
0: Uh, you know, one thing that is has been a popular saying is that there is a JUCO struggle that exists when you go to a place that like that, that has a lot of turnover. Uh, What does the JUCO struggle mean to you?
2: Uh, The JUCO struggle to me was just um, when I first got there, I didn't have a car. So I just kind of had to figure it out. And um, you're living off campuses, California junior colleges don't have housing and they don't have meal plans or anything like that. So you are really just finding ways to feed yourself every day. We didn't have a cafeteria. So it was a lot of ramen noodles. It was a lot of packed meals that mom and you would send me. It was a lot of instant mashed potatoes, freezer foods, chicken, things like that. So um, just being able to make it, man, you know, everybody wasn't really built like that. I obviously didn't have to endure those things growing up, you know what I'm saying? We still ate ramen noodles, don't don't get me wrong. But it wasn't a, a daily meal in the household, you know what I'm saying? So going from that and just going to eating ramen noodles every day, it, it's definitely different. Um, the rides, that was really the hardest part. We were walking an hour and a half to practice sometimes, walking back from practice after practice, finding ways to get um, people to practice, different teammates, holding people accountable, things like that. So it was definitely a, a journey.
0: Yeah. But it definitely helped you and shaped you into the person that you are today and helped, I think, helped build you out of tougher fabric. I think that uh, whatever happens that you can adjust to, And going through the JUCO and then going to Ottawa has been, uh, you know, some years of adjustment. And I think you've done well, and you're going to continue to do well going forward. Well, let's – so, yeah, we're back. And I wanted to uh, do a recap on this week's games. Uh, Did you get an opportunity to watch this week's game with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah,
2: I was able to uh, catch
0: that game. That That was a really good game. Yeah, did you watch both of the games? Then you give us an evaluation of what you saw in the Philadelphia Eagles uh, football
2: game? Yeah, the Philadelphia Eagles went out there and they showed pure dominance uh, like they have all year until that end stretch without Jalen Hurts. Um, I really feel like a lot of people have been putting a lot of disrespect on Jalen Hurts' name, and I feel like him going out there and winning in the fashion that he did against the number one ranked defense in the NFL really proved a lot of the people wrong and really prove that he is the X factor for that team. Being a black quarterback coming from Alabama, I really think that's really good for the NFL. And uh, I just think he went out there and put on a great performance, despite only having 125 passing yards, I'm pretty sure what it was.
0: Well, yeah, Alabama and Oklahoma. uh, If uh, we can recall the last time, That, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts, you know, was at the height of his popularity. Uh, He got pulled as the starting quarterback from uh, Alabama, and Tua Tagalalova went in and uh, won the national championship. And I think, uh, you know, he showed great resilience. Uh, He ended up transferring from Alabama to Oklahoma and, uh, you know, went over to their program and was very successful and got drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles. I think he's absolutely and positively. Uh, you know, one of the, you know, greatest young quarterbacks that's coming up, one of the greatest uh, young athletes. Uh, I think, I seem to think that um, he has a lot in common with black college quarterbacks. They are extremely athletic. They are run or run throw option uh, players and they can play multiple positions. They also can play uh, wide receiver, running back or what have you. So I have a great deal of respect for him. Because you know, at that quarterback position is a is a special position. People are coming after you. You're getting hit hard. They're slamming you to the ground, and you have to get up, back up, keep your composure, be a leader, and you know, remember everything that you need to do and do well out on the football field. So, what about Patrick Mahomes? What do you think about uh, his performance uh, this weekend? And uh, who do you think might
2: end up winning the Super Bowl? Yeah, Patrick Mahomes is really special too. Um, a lot of people were doubting him as well. The Cincinnati Bengals were chirping. The uh, the mayor was chirping and said some disrespectful things about Patrick Mahomes and aired it. Actually, aired it out on the air over the news for the Cincinnati to see. And I really think he took that personally. Went out there and put on a show, despite having a, a somewhat of a bum ankle. That's what people are saying. But to me, he looked like he went out there and he put on a great performance too, for over three hundred passing yards, and just showed why some people consider him to be the next upcoming goat. Um, and I think he's been in the league six years, and this is going to be his third Super Bowl. So he's going to be fifty percent Super Bowl rate. That's that's fantastic. Also, being a black quarterback, you know what I'm saying. So this will be the first time two black quarterbacks face off in the Super Bowl, and I think that's going to be a, a great experience.
0: Yeah, uh, that that is the first time in the history of the NFL that two blacks are facing off uh, in the Super Bowl. But we, you know, have uh, you know history with black quarterbacks. Uh, going to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl, uh, as my uh, fellow alumni from Grambling State University, Doug Williams uh, did it first, and then uh, Russell William Russell Wilson did it as well. So um, I think that the the quarterback position is a leadership position, and uh, you know, for a long time uh, it had been said that a black quarterback could not hold that position because they didn't think that they were capable enough uh, mentally, physically, and emotionally total all-around game to be able to do it. Now, what do you think this proves to all the people in America that watch uh, football ab- about two black quarterbacks starting in the Super Bowl?
2: It shows that um, the scouts don't always know what they're talking about. They really can't measure everything based off of just film. It's, it's a certain aspect to it. It's hard aspect to it. Uh, you can't measure a person by their skin, but you have to measure them by their character and how they go out there and perform and how they uh, how they carry themselves. And if you look at it, I mean, it's a testament to how both quarterbacks carry themselves. Both quarterbacks are notorious for being great preparation. Um, both are notorious for being very smart. Um, Jalen Hurts' father, Jalen Hurts is from Texas, and his father was a, his high school head coach, so that just speaks testament. He's a coach's kid, how smart he is. He's also the, one of the strongest pound-for-pound guys on the field, can squat 600 pounds as a quarterback. Being a leader of that team, so I think it just really shows that um, the mold is changing, or what they think the mold is, and cannot any somebody cannot define who you are based on the color of your skin. It's how hard you work.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we talk about who you got in the Super Bowl, let's talk about an aspect of the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl is coming up uh, this week, the week prior to the Super Bowl, and they have instituted a flag football game. Uh, in lieu of a real football game, uh, how do you feel about the flag football game uh, for the Pro Bowlers out there? Do you think that that would be uh, a lot of fun, or you just think that it's all about, uh, you know, it's all about show and it's all about good for TV and nobody gets hurt?
2: Yeah, for the past, um, definitely for the past four or five years, the Pro Bowl has definitely been getting softer and softer as they've been implementing the new rules uh, in the NFL and stuff like that. And, I mean, really, at this point, I really don't see a reason why there's still even a game. Like, we're really out there playing flag football. I don't really know. I I guess that really translates to regular football. But, like, it's more of a show. It's more for the people to see and for families to watch. It's It's really not a football game anymore, you know?
0: Yeah, I think it's more of an entertainment aspect. I think, you know, that week prior to the Super Bowl, it's an opportunity to get ready to uh, close out the season with, uh, you know, a lot of other players from a lot of other teams, a lot of other families all getting together in Las Vegas, having a good time, uh, wishing each other well, uh, thinking about the, the, the past season that was, and looking forward to the upcoming season.
2: Yeah, I, I I just think um, the Pro Bowl is definitely over the past couple years have gotten really really soft, and it's just uh, another thing for people to go up there and enjoy. And I think that the fact that it's in Las Vegas this year is great, though. I think that's going to be great for not just the city of Las Vegas, but for like Raider Nation. I know Raider Nation is going to be out there going strong for the Pro Bowl.
0: Yeah, we have a we have a lot to look forward to. It's uh, some definitely some moves that got to be made in our off season as we have you know, uh, departed the building with our starting quarterback, Carr, and we are looking for somebody else to lead the team and become a leader. Now, as well, I will be out in Las Vegas this week for the Pro Bowl uh, because uh, my food trailer, uh, me and a good friend of mine, Gaz, uh, we've been selected to uh, cook over there at the Pro Bowl and host uh, a tailgate event. So I'm going to be showing up for that and maybe have an opportunity to see some of my old friends. It's going to be at the Raiders facility, so we'll have an opportunity to get out and uh, see some of those guys and reflect and talk about the good old days. But uh, we won't be uh, playing no flag football. Absolutely not. (laughs) So with that, uh, I want to ask you uh, who you got in the Super Bowl. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles or the Kansas City Chiefs?
2: Uh, I got the Eagles. I just think it's their year. I think... um, Everything's lining up perfectly for them. Just the way they went out outperformed last week on the number one defense in the NFL, I just think it really just showed how powerful they really are. I mean, up up and down, they really do have the best-looking roster in the NFL, so I just think they have the best chance, and I think they will come out with the W for Jalen Hurts. I, I don't put anything past Patrick Mahomes, though, so, I mean, I think it's going to be a good game, but I will essentially be taking the Eagles.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know if I have determined who I actually think is going to win as of yet I think the, uh, the teams are so closely matched uh, the coaching staffs on on both sides are very very capable I think the organizational infrastructure for both organizations is is very strong right now and uh, it could come down to the last play of the game I think and uh, it's a matter of who turns the ball over last and who uh, focus on their game plan and goes out and execute their game plan to perfection on that day. Mm-hmm. So I have reserved judgment on who I think is going to win uh, at this particular time. But uh, a little thing we're doing with the show is uh, we have a couple of rapid fire questions that, uh, you know, I want to ask you about and try to get, you know, some clear answers on a couple of these questions so the people could know. And find out a little bit more about yourself. So, I got uh, a couple of questions here. And one of them is what advice would you give yourself if you could go back and talk to your 15 year old self? If you could go back and talk to yourself when you were 15 years old, what advice would you give yourself that would help you in today's world?
2: I would definitely, um, if I could go back to 15 years old and, and talk to myself, I would um, just tell myself to just keep working hard, man. Just, just never give up. I know it's a long road ahead, and I know some days it, it seems like it may be all for nothing and your body's hurting, and I would just tell myself just to keep working harder because I don't really have any regrets looking back on my, my football career in college or high school or anything, but I do feel like in certain aspects and – going in the playoffs in high school and going in the playoffs in Ottawa, there were just things that, that maybe, I mean, maybe I could have changed, maybe I couldn't have, but I guess we'll, we'll never know. I just think maybe if um, some things would have been different, then some things would have turned different, and maybe we could have reached those final destination goals we set for ourselves.
0: Yeah. Okay. If you order a pizza, what's on it? Mm. I like the meat lovers pizza. Yeah. All right. Uh, All the meats, every meat that they got in the building.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All the meats pizza. Yep.
0: Okay. Um, If you could go back and play one last football game, give me three players, any position, that you would want to be on your team that you think would help you win. Three of the players that you've played with over your career on any team that you played with that you think would have a major impact on that one last game to help you win the game? Three players.
2: Uh, my first one that comes to mind would, um, would be Mushy, my boy Mushy, Matt Mushyheim. He's a, a really hard-working dude from Iowa. He always played really hard. He was our defensive MVP at high school, and he was our district MVP for defense in high school, and he's just a, he's just a beast, man. He was a beast, and he also played fullback. Um, I also played football in the um, All-American game that we played up at Dallas Cowboys Stadium for – Team USA. I play with Chauncey Gardner Johnson. He's actually playing in the uh, the Super Bowl. He plays the starting nickelback for the uh, the Eagles, so I would have him on my team, obviously. He's pretty good. And then for the offensive line, I, I have Big Chris. I, I'd like to have Big Chris out there for one more game, for sure. That, that, that'd be a good experience. Me and Chris did play on the same team, but we never got to really play in the same game just because of how injuries and stuff lined up. But that, that was a good experience, too. I had Big Chris out there.
0: Yeah, I think he'd be glad to get out there one last time and uh, knock somebody around too. I think I would. Uh, I'd really enjoy that as well. So, a last question is you're at in the Juco struggle. What is your worst survival meal at Juco that you've eaten <laughs> just to make it through?
2: <laughs> I've eaten some bad stuff, man. Oh, man. Probably the worst meal I've I've eaten. Some old pinto beans and and some just sauce. It wasn't even sauce. It was hot dogs and ground beef. It was it was bad. We used to eat macaroni and ground beef all the time too, and we just used to all split it. Like just get a pound of ground beef and just mom would send us macaroni. So I throw in the macaroni. Somebody else throwing the ground beef, and we just all go crazy. <laughs> it sounds, it sounds well, bad. It sounds- it's not that bad, I promise. It you.
0: sounds bad, but it was probably pretty good then. It was it was probably the best thing ever during that time.
2: Yeah.
0: So that concludes this evening uh edition of this podcast. Please remember to like, subscribe, and follow the Family Business Podcast. And if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Yeah. <laughs>
1: One, two, three, I know beats like ABC Mine come up, they hate to see I may believe till they believe I came up to major leagues Say you blind but wait and see That's so easy One, two, three, your ABC From A to Z Back to rap so I won't miss, uh, heard the beat and I kissed, uh, sing a lot but I switched, yeah, bet you rappers so pissed, uh, now I'm high up with the stars, yeah, I'm on the path of the Mars, yeah, told me I wouldn't get far, yeah, how you up <laughs> with these balls, yeah, I just kid it so authentic, uh, why did I live that I said it, yeah, flow is so sick, need a medic, uh, Lies some corny, let's dead it, yeah, I just prove what I do, yeah, name is Tom but no cruise, yeah, beat is on and I cruise, yeah, vibes is lit in my cruise, yeah, one, two, three, I know beats like ABC. I come up, they hate to see. I may believe till they believe I came up to major leagues. Say you blind, but wait and see. Just so easy. One, two, three, your ABC, from A to Z. Uh um, um.